Hello and welcome to the latest briefing from Heart Standard. My name is Joe Sked. I am joined by my colleague James Kearney and we are going to discuss Heart of Anlovian's 2-1 defeat to Aberdeen in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend. <laughs> I've just watched the game. I wasn't at the game at the weekend. I was off this weekend. So James, all fell in at James and James had to watch this game twice. Mm. I saw bits and bobs on Saturday and then put my endured... 90 minutes of watching the game back and it was um it was probably worse than i remembered from seeing bits and bobs on saturday so james where to uh, where to start with this one uh, well uh, why don't we start with the positives because the game okay. did start well you know because uh, you know as, as i'm sure we're going to talk about it was very much a game of two halves yep. i think anyone watching the game could agree with that um, and you know, the first half, the Hearts got a lot right. You know, and Aberdeen were really struggling and really toiling, and it looked as if that hoodoo was finally coming to an end. You know, I mean, I was even texting you asking you, "Was it 2016? Is that the last time?" You know, all that kind of stuff. I was getting ready. Oh, here we go. And obviously, it didn't finish that way. But so we'll your fault essentially where it went wrong. But um, in terms of what they got right, I mean, I thought that. Uh, I mean, there was a slight change in the midfield straight off the bat. You know, obviously in recent weeks we've had the Ningame at number six, with then two midfielders on either side of them ahead of them. This time it was more of a kind of a like a three-four-one-two, I suppose, mm -hmm. where um, you had Ningame on the right, Nuenhoff at left centre mid, and then Lowry just as an out and out number ten, um, which basically mirrored Aberdeen. That's exactly the same system that they play in as well. Um, so there was a wee bit of a tinkering to midfield, um, which then meant that Beningame was then he was playing a different role than what he normally does. And certainly the first 15, 20 minutes or so, it took him a wee, a wee while, I think, to get up to speed because obviously he was playing a bit more advanced. He had to then cover the wing as well, playing in that position, which normally doesn't really have to bother with that kind of stuff at number six. And certainly in attacking phases of play, he was really struggling at times because... I mean, the, the the one thing that was really working for Hearts was getting the ball out to Shanklin when Shanklin would kind of drift right and mm -hmm. take the ball down and hold on to it. And there was two occasions in the first 10, 15 minutes when he does that and there's just no one there supporting him. There's, you know, Sibic's not there at right wing back. Beningame's not pushed up from right centre mid. Vargas is kind of ahead of him, but obviously there's defenders in the way. And, you know, there was just, you could see Shanklin getting visibly frustrated. Like he was thinking, you know, shouting at Benny, pointing at him, pointing at the space, you know, that kind of stuff. But then after that, the, the Hearts did start to get a bit of sport. Obviously, there was the goal as well from the corner, which is very nice to see, a yep. rarity. But uh, at the same time, absolutely honking defending from Aberdeen. <laughs> I think Hearts got a high up in hand for the fact that Graham Shinney just let Shankland free, which is good. Um, and then, but then even, even from that point on, though, I mean, the Hearts were still creating some decent chances. Aberdeen didn't really have much of a sniff apart from, I mean, there was that Leighton Clarkson chance um, from the free kick. I think it's about half an hour in, something like that. When Johnny Hayes just played it, it to play it to him on the edge of the box yep. and he had it first time and it was just wide. If that goes in, you couldn't really have any complaints. It was just a, a well worked move. Um, but you know, aside from that, Aberdeen didn't really offer much. And then Hearts, you know, players did start then getting up, getting forward to support Shankland. Uh, having a couple of times later on in the game when, uh, again, he'd get the ball out right and sometimes the final ball was lacking. I mean, a couple of times he kind of worked his way into the box and then just cheaply surrendered possession. But it did start well. And then and it, you know, like I said, so you had like spinning to be pushing forward, Civic started pushing forward, Lowry was getting more involved. You know, Hearts were getting bodies forward and getting a lot of joy down the right hand side, winning, winning a couple of corners again, looking dangerous at set pieces. And 
you know, then that was kind of it. By the time the first half came to an end, you know, Aberdeen were playing kind of, they were passing it around the back. They were, they weren't shelling it long at that, at that stage of the game. They weren't being particularly direct. They were being a bit meandering in possession, you know. And I think that Hearts were doing really well at playing against that. You know, the way the Hearts were pressing was great. I think they did really well. But I, I'm not sure we're going to talk about then the second half came around and basically all that got chucked out the window. Yeah, I, I agree. So watching the first half, there was Aberdeen, aside from that chance with Clarkson, they didn't offer anything, uh, anything really in the final third and hearts were, hearts were very, very comfortable. But at the same time, I still never really felt the hearts were going to build on that lead. Watching in the first mm. half that, you're right, worked it down Worked into good areas a couple of times. There was, like I said, got a good corner. There was one where Shanklin got the ball into the edge of the box. If he played it slightly quicker, Vargas might be able to take a touch and shot. Mm. But then it just got it got intercepted. And I think there's still moments in the first half where you're just thinking that it was kind of important for the, the the second half in that the just the quickness of play, the bravery, and you, you mentioned bringing me the one, was uh, there was a moment, and we kind of talked about this off air, that was, it was a 12th minute, and Hearts actually played some brilliant football, like, uh, Ho- um, Newhoff got the ball, uh, ball at the edge of the box, he played it to Benny, Pl- Benny played it to Vargas, got it back, nice we won two, then he played it into Shanklin, Shanklin played it around the corner to Vargas, Vargas has got the ball, advancing at the Aberdeen half, and he's looking he's to his right-hand side, thinking, I can just pass it here, and we're getting overload down, uh, down the line. But Beningham had already stopped before he even got to the halfway line, mm-hmm. and he was just like, that was it. And he apologised after, but it's just that, it's it's that lack of... Stephen Naismith, and I know uh, fans probably getting uh, fed up with... Um, hearing about bravery on the ball but it's not just bravery on the ball it's just bravery full stop in terms of positioning that you just right, if there's an opportunity to go forward go forward and try and uh, take advantage of the space take advantage of how the the, the game is game is developing but again ben, Benny just stopped and it was just everyone's a bit safe and then it makes it so difficult for Hearts to then try and break teams down when the team are at times deep and then it's it means that there's a lot of space to cover to get into the final third. And we've talked about before how so often when Hearts do get in the final third and balls are played in the box, there's actually not that many Hearts players in the box. But yeah, over the over the over the piece, the first half was 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 good. It was it was kind of it's what we've come to expect from Hearts at times with the looking really solid out of possession. Doing doing just enough in possession to get a lead, but then it, going into the second half, it was it wasn't built upon. And so, what now moving into the second forty five minutes? What what changed in your eyes that it went from being relatively comfortable without being uh, kind of cynically and exciting football to being up against it? Yeah, so I mean, you may be quite. That's something I meant to mention as well. The fact that yeah, out, out of possession, like off the ball, Hearts were excellent in that first half against Aberdeen. You know, the way they pressed, um, particularly from the front, because Aberdeen were so reluctant to go long initially, then often ended up forcing them into a position where they kind of had to go long under pressure, and a lot of the time Hearts just won the ball back or it went straight out for a throw in or something like that. So, you know, that was definitely working. But then, basically, I think what happened was the second half, Aberdeen came out and just said, right. 
we're going to play a lot more direct. You know, we're going to just get the ball forward quickly. Get you know, if the, the center half is going to knock up to it's like uh, Miofsky or whoever else is up there at that point in time, and then we're just going to start playing like that and start playing the percentages, start you know, getting into individual battles and just see what happens. And the big problem was that Aberdeen tended to the Aberdeen players tended to win those kind of battles, you know, whether it be like you know, the initial header of the ball or you know, maybe the second ball after it. But there was a, there seemed to be a bit of a gap, I thought, I felt between the Hearts defense and the Hearts midfield. And Aberdeen were just constantly rushing players in to get that kind of second ball. And they just had so many bodies in there at times. And it just, yeah, it, it, I just felt like the tide had turned almost instantly. I mean, there was a point, I think it was only maybe two minutes into the second half when um, the, one of the Aberdeen defenders hit, hits it long up to Miofsky, heads it out wide to Shinny. Uh, Shinny kind of carries it forward into the box, cuts it back to Miofsky, and it's maybe a poor first touch. And then the shot kind of goes straight to Xander Clark. But it was an indication immediately of oh, all oh, right, okay, this is you know that's the best chance that Aberdeen have made the entire game, and it happened mm. within two minutes of this new thing, this new change. So I think that it basically kind of caught Hearts' players out a lot of the time, particularly the midfielders and the attackers, when they would maybe go to press the ball, and it would just immediately just get like hoofed over them. And then, as I say, yeah, sometimes Kent or um, Rose would like win their first header, perhaps, but then that second ball, the ball would be loose and there would just be all of a sudden a flood of Aberdeen bodies getting there. And I think we saw that, for instance, with the equaliser when you know, Aberdeen did commit a lot of men forward. And there was maybe, I mean, I think it was, um, I don't think it's unfair to say the Hearts defence switched off, you know. Um, it was maybe a touch of fortune about Aberdeen's goal, but you know, the way it just gets slid through to Miofsky and then he finishes it, I think you know at that point it, it felt inevitable. You know, and that was only seven minutes into the second half. But you know, Hart, Aberdeen were really asking a lot of you know difficult questions. The Hearts and the Hearts didn't have much of a response. And you know, that was the most frustrating thing I think was that after going down a goal, after you know the momentum had clearly swung the other way. You know, Naismith made four changes uh, to the team. Like uh, you know, you had two double subs, one about the hour mark, one about ten minutes later, and they didn't really change anything at all. And like, that was. That's that's the biggest concern for me, to be honest. Yeah, so I was I was going to come on and ask you about the uh, ask about the the, the subs in a second, but the, we'll probably take the two goals. We'll, we'll probably take them individually and discuss them. But the the first one, both of them are messy in their own right, and mm. it's, it's it's strange because Hearts are largely very good defensively out possession and make it very difficult for teams to score until they don't. <laughs> if teams. Uh, teams, the, the goals that teams have scored against us this season, especially in the league, they've not had to work overly hard to get. And seeing that with the, like the, the first is players just kind of switching off. He's seen it with it was McGrath, I think it was McGrath that turned Unhoff on the edge of the box. Yeah, that went down, and then both Unhoff and Benny switched off and kind of stopped for mere second. And it was an, it was enough time for the, uh, McGrath to be able to poke the ball through to Mioski, who'd, who'd got yeah. free. And it was just, it was just, it was just so untidy. And like I said, I don't, uh, I don't think it's harsh in the slightest to say, to say they, uh, they switched off. I seen that. Uh, so Graham here, he's mentioned about. I uh, don't think there's any uh, need to bring Hulk on. He looked rusty, and that's uh, understandable. It was interesting to note that there, um, that Hulk went to the centre of a back three. Uh, Kent to the right of a back three, and then also Kingsley. And I've seen a lot of uh, fans kind of discuss this. Was that? Kingsley went to right wing back and you mentioned it in your piece that just didn't seem to work and watching it there was just balls into Kingsley and he was kind of just knocking it around the corner it just didn't look overly comfortable as, as at right wing back 
Yeah, I mean it's that thing of just obviously he's a left-sided, he's a you know left-footed player, um, and just obviously if he receives the ball out in the right and he's facing forward, then for instance he can't switch the ball without taking a couple of touches in field first or you know, turning back on himself first, and at which point it's really obvious what you're doing. So I, I, I feel like you know there's loads of times, particularly towards the end of the match, I think the last ten sort of ten fifteen minutes, where Alex Cochran would would be in oceans of space over on the left. And you know, if you have a right footed player at right wing back, they can just head it first time, you know, straight over to them and then you know, maybe you've got a you know, you can start getting forward. But that just didn't happen because Kingsley, you know, if he, it, I, there was times where he spotted it, but then by the time he's stopped the ball, taking a touch inside, worked to work onto his left foot, all of a sudden his markers now on him, he has to take another touch, another touch, and then the chance dies. So I think that, that was a real yeah, I think in hindsight that didn't work. Um Halkett, yeah, probably did look a bit rusty again, as Graham says understandable that's probably what you'd expect it'd be, it'd be odd if he wasn't um and certainly for the for the um for Aberdeen's winner he definitely looked a, a bit slow off the mark you know he's never been the fastest player in the world anyway but yeah but both um Halkett and and Rolls just yeah they just couldn't keep up with Duke which is you know Duke's a very fast player he's a good dribbler he, he, he does really well to get into those spaces but again you have to look at Alex Cochran I think at that, at that goal I think he gets caught um, just completely in no man's land. He's, he's there's about like five players you can look at for that goal. Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll start at start. We'll start at start. Then, so Tagawa loses it because he it looks to me as if he loses his balance. On it, it looks as if he slips a little bit. Shinny comes in. Nixon Nixon wins the ball. The Aberdeen player gets it. Starts driving forward up the park, and then at that point, George Grant's going to keep coming in from behind to apply the press. So that should be you know. Okay, it means the guy's probably going to get get the pass off, but at least he's got a one. He's got, he's against the clock. You know, he's got a guy bearing down on him from behind. Cochrane at this point, he's kind of out to the left, and he's kind of halfway between um, the ball and then like Shaden Morris behind him, and he should really be marking Morris because what happens then? Because because he gets drawn towards the ball, all of a sudden Rose has to then start worrying about Morris, and then when the ball gets played, it's sort of in between Rose and Duke. Duke's always going to win that yeah. that that leg race, and then all of a sudden they're in. So, I mean, it was a composed finish. I'm not. I think Duke probably did mean it. I mean, I know there was a wee bit of chat at the time, but you know, was it, was it a shot or not? I think he probably did. I think he was trying to find his teammate, and uh, obviously Clarkson, you know, he couldn't miss from that position. But again, it was just it was, a, it was just a lot of players kind of rushing forward and in different and kind of in the wrong positions. Not entirely dissimilar to the goal against Rangers the yeah. other night either. Again, it was that thing of like. There was a lot of players pressed really high, but then as soon as the press was beat, Hearts were in a lot of trouble, you know, very quickly. And it's just one one long ball that's undone them. So, yeah, there's there two elements to it. Tagawa, I think, got a lot of uh, criticism uh, for it. And it really frustrated watching the game was the amount of times Hearts players were... No, it wasn't only just Hearts players. Uh, the... The it, but there was a lot of hearts players were slipping and uh, that was that that was a frustrating aspect of of the game and then the the ball of the top and he's seen it with Halkett and Rose they started to slow as if they were waiting for Clark to come out of it but then you're you're almost it's like it's just like the reverse of the the the, the goal against Rangers where Clark I don't know if that's in his mind he's mm-hmm. just like no I'm not going to come out that far and make the make the decision easy for you're right. so he, he starts off his line but then he starts retreating as the closer that gets to him you're right yeah, yeah he does he does he definitely just backs off and backs off and that's a good point then maybe he is wondering like oh god is, it, is this going to be like the other thing you know yeah 
And then I think the most probably the most galling aspect of the the the, the second half, especially, and you 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 uh, painted a vivid picture with um, of it in your analysis piece is, and you used the 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 race chart on the stats bomb, which uh, we have a partnership with, and it's the it's the it's the kind of race chart of uh, kind of charts the expected goals after, uh, throughout the game. As soon as after the half hour mark, Hearts have what I think two two shots maybe, and both of which add very very little in terms of basically two two shots are just not um not not chances and uh, not big chances, and it just never looked from that point forward that. Hearts were uh, going to get back into, it. and a couple of guys in the a couple of guys in the chat, uh, Andrew Porteous, uh, mentions how um, how Shanklin scores goals in his team shows how good he is, which uh, is absolutely true. And then another one, um, another goal from uh, Shanklin. Um, he's now scored the amount of goals as the whole, uh, the whole team. No create uh, creativity in there, uh, says James Warney. And the, uh, the guys have got a point because. I would have liked to seen how many touches Shankland had in the first half compared to the second half because he was heavily involved in the first half. In second half, he was just getting increasingly, increasingly, increasingly frustrated because there was no service to him. There was no prolonged period in the Aberdeen half, let alone the Aberdeen uh, um, kind of defensive third. I know Grant looked a wee bit, looked okay when he came off the bench, but there just didn't seem to be any. It, it, you, you just couldn't really see what Hearts were trying to do, and as an attacking force in that second half. Yeah, I think I think part of it was I think they were just pinned back a lot of the time, and you know they were they found themselves playing deeper and within their own territory, which obviously just makes it harder to get up the park anyway. And but yeah, you're right. I mean, Shank when he was, I thought he had an excellent first half, but then struggled to get into the game in the second. I mean, one of those chances you talked about was uh, Shankland's one when it was basically a kind of touch and hit. It was like you know Cochrane. Um, kind of drove down the left, cut it inside to Shankland. Mm-hmm. It t- takes a touch, hits it on the turn, and ends up ballooning it over the bar. You know, maybe expect Shankland to do a wee bit better there, a player of his quality, maybe hit the target. But I mean, aside from that, there was absolutely nothing of note that Hearts created in the second half until maybe the last couple of minutes when it was kitchen sink time and there was a couple of set pieces. You know, um, Kel Roos just wasn't tested at all. And like, that's really disappointing, particularly <laughs> after the first half where. Yeah, okay. There were there weren't too many chances from open play, but there were still lots of good spells. But there were lots of good attacks that were like one pass away from being you know an excellent chance on goal, or maybe you know a, it goes out for a corner and then you get the chance in the corner. So yeah, there, there wasn't too much from open play, but there's enough like promising attack and play that you could go. All right, okay, you can see Hearts might could possibly get another goal here. It just wasn't like that in the second half, though. I mean, the second mm. half, it's just there was just, you know, like you say, Shankland was totally starved of service. Tagawa, who I know we've both been said we've been pretty positive about, and we want to see him get more game time. I've got to be honest, I think that he lost the ball pretty much every time he got it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he kept the ball very well at all, and uh, you know that's obviously a problem. I think the, there was one actually one point when he looked like he might be on the break, he might be away, and then when the Aberdeen players went down injured um, with a head knock, and then also play got stopped. So that was unfortunate, but yeah, no, it was just it was really disappointing because yeah, there didn't really seem to be any intent. You know, there didn't, there wasn't. Um, you know, players weren't really getting far. I, I think you're right. I think Grant did bring something to the team when he came on. I think he looked um, as if he was get, getting involved and could maybe do something. But I mean, it was just so much of it was just um, 
like just played in the middle of the park, the middle third, like so little of the ball was actually played in 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 Aberdeen's final third, and it just it felt as if when the game as the game wore on, there was only ever going to be one team that won it because Aberdeen were causing Hearts, I think, a fair few problems where the Hearts just had just stopped causing any problems whatsoever. Do you think you you, you talked about the? The fact that Hearts were pinned back in the first half and it was struggling to get out, struggling to make creativity, made two double subs. Do you think, in hindsight, and yes, it's 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 easy playing uh, Monday uh, well Monday afternoon manager in that that was maybe better to go back to a back four and then you bring players on in wider roles. So for example, you look at the players who didn't come off, uh, off the bench, obviously Craig Gordon, Yutaro Oda. Alan Forrest and Barry Mackay. So three wide players who you think potentially you could have changed that formation and rather than try and kind of try and um, soldier on with that formation that's not really working and mix it up and give something give Aberdeen something else to, to think about rather than just just change your players within the, the same the same person uh, sorry change your personnel within the same uh, shape. Yeah, definitely. I think that's right. I mean, again, yeah, obviously this is with the benefit of hindsight, but I mean, it was apparent that what Hearts weren't doing wasn't, what Hearts were doing wasn't working. And mm-hmm. there was scope to do that, even with it, after the subs had been made. There was still one more that could have been made. You know, Nesmith only used four at the five, so there was scope to still change things later on. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's strange because he's normally quite proactive, I think, Nesmith. He's normally, when when things aren't going well, he's not afraid to change the shape and change things around. And I don't know why that didn't happen on this occasion because it was just clear that it wasn't working. Like you say, the personnel were there to you, to really, you know, change to like a four-two-three-one, or you know, um, even the idea of you know maybe you don't bring Halcott on, maybe you just um, keep Kingsley and Kent where they were. Perhaps Denham goes to right wing back. Perhaps Forrest goes to right wing, right wing back. Maybe even Oda, you know. So mm-hmm. I think there were other options there, and I think that yeah, and it's easy to say now because. Obviously, it didn't pan out, but yeah, I don't think the changes did work. I don't. Um, I think it's hard to make a case that they made the team better, whereas Aberdeen's changes did. You know, Duke came on; he was excellent. Shaden Morris came on; he looked really dangerous. And you know, they, Aberdeen again as the game wore on, they, they looked as if they were getting better and better. Whereas Hearts just didn't offer much. And yeah, you'd have like I think it was worth roll, rolling the dice, even at one all. I think at that point. Um, it's worth rolling the dice because it was clear that it wasn't working and I kind of felt the goal was inevitable and you know <laughs> obviously there was some stuff as well that Naismith said that was kind of doing the rounds again um, over the after the match when it was just after he'd first been appointed he talked about how you know he wants Hearts to play front foot football he likes attacking football not the kind of team that's going to hold on to a 1-0 or hold out for the draw and see what happens and to be honest it looks as if on Saturday that's exactly what happened you know, it, it looks as if Hearts were just holding on and just being like, right, we'll just see it through, get get the point, and that you know, but that way we've got something to show for our efforts. But I think by doing that, Naismith was asking for trouble, and I think yeah. that you know, the, when the winning goal does go in, I don't think anyone was surprised. I think I think it's important that we we've been uh, we've been quite positive with the team won uh, four games back to back. Yeah, yeah. the point out they've not they uh, didn't do it. Uh, for for a long time, that included uh, a a win against St Johnson side who have looked a, a lot different, and at Rugby Park, which has been a very difficult place to go. Celtic lost there at the weekend, so big result. But at the same time, it's important to uh, also when the the team on the flip side haven't been great. So against Rangers, 
competitive, but without really without looking that great. And then on on Saturday there, getting in a really good position and then not getting the three points. The third time that's happened against a league rival where the team have got themselves in a really good position and either not built on it or blown uh, uh, shipped two goals in very quick succession. And I think when, when results like that happen, fans are rightly going to look and uh, point to the style of play and what was said about the, the team and the identity of the team and what the fans should expect. And what was said at the start of the season is not what they're seeing seeing now. Naysmith, I'm sure, also said at the end of the season that he should see this uh, the, kind of the Hearts team that he wants, uh, he wants uh, to have. You see the best of them in December. And again, it's it's let's just face it, Hearts are not a fun team to watch at all. Not not at the moment, no. And uh, you know, I think I think I said I wrote this in a piece of the website the other day, but you know, like yeah, the marketing material, yeah, it doesn't match up with the reality at the moment in terms of you know, yeah, Naysmith's is sold the fans on yeah, this you know, free flowing attack in, in your face, aggressive football, and that's not been what they've been getting, but you know, that's a lot easier to forgive when the team's winning. You know, yeah. so for instance, over the last you know four games, when when Hearts won those uh, four games on the on the bounce, you know, there might have been a few complaints about the style, but nobody's looked that upset. As long if it's working, then yeah, fine. You know, and you know, we always knew that, for instance, you know, the uh, match against Rangers that was always going to be a difficult game. You know, Aberdeen away was always going to be a difficult game, and yeah, it, it's perfectly fine to feel to feel disappointed, particularly because you know, in both games, yeah. The, the, the hearts didn't play to their potential. They didn't play to as well as they possibly can. But I do think that you know we 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 spoke about it a lot. The fact that, that during this run, Hearts had to get points on the board early on because we knew they were going to drop points. You know, so it shouldn't. Like, yeah, obviously the manner in which it's happened isn't great, but it, it, I don't think it's a massive surprise. To, you know, that Hearts have lost a game at Pataudry, where a venue where they've lost you know, that's eight in the bounce now, or you know, they lost to Rangers again. Not the biggest surprise, but again. Like yeah, <clears throat> when when you're playing kind of defensive football and not getting results, you don't have much left to fall back on. You no. know, because you know, fans can tolerate it as long as you get results. I mean, I look at like for instance, um, you know, uh, Derek McInnes at Aberdeen for all those years where yeah, there was grumbles about the play style, particularly towards the end, and but you know, it was still getting results, so people couldn't go all right, fine. But then as soon as the results go, you've got nothing left to fall back on. You kind of like oh, but you know, we're playing entertaining football. At least there's this. At least there's yeah. that. People just go. Jaw, it's boring and we're losing and that's not good enough whereas if you're boring and if you're kind of boring but winning yeah most fans can make their peace with that and now especially you look at the table it's just in a space of a week the, the it's just completely changed the context completely changed you've gone from winning four on the bounce to losing two and that's the nature of the league but dropped down to six in the table mm. and I mean Celtic have had their struggles but again it's just with the way Hearts are playing and the record at Celtic Park, it's it's hard to envision this team going there and beating Celtic and ending that long, long hoodoo of not winning at Celtic Park. So then, realistically, you're looking at three defeats on the bounce and something we'll go come on to uh, talk about on Wednesday, looking ahead to the AGM on Thursday, AGM and the club AGM and the foundation AGM. It's completely change the dynamic of that as well because a couple of weeks ago, like a week ago you're thinking oh there's going to be a, a relatively uh, positive going into that despite the 
grumbles early in the season, but it's flipped again, and there's just uh, going from positivity to kind of neg- uh, negativity, and it's just it's not a it's not a great. It's, it's, it's not a great position to be in to kind of just jumping from one one extreme to the other. No, but you know, football fans are fickle. We we all are. We know that, and you know that's kind of you know it's part of the game. You know, like like you say, a week ago, uh, you know, Naismith was manager of the month, Shanklin was player of the month, and it was all going great. You know, up to third, and yeah, now, now it's here we are. You know, one week later, and it's. I mean, it's not as if it's all just gone terrible and that's it and it's all over. Of course not. You know, it's a bad, you know, it's two, yeah, two defeats in the bounce. It's not good, particularly the nature of them. It's disappointing, but it's not, you know, while fans are obviously absolutely entitled to be upset and annoyed about it, I don't think it's the time to start going like, ah, well, the whole thing's, the whole, the whole project's a failure. We need to start, rip it up and start again. You know, I don't, I don't think it's quite got that, that stage yet either. So, um, no, I think it'll take, yeah, it's bruising, but and like you say, these the agendas, at AGMs, and things like that, they are kind of set by what happens in the last week or two. That's the way it tends to be. But um, you know, the important thing to remember is was, there's absolutely nothing between sixth and third at the moment. It's a fag paper between them. You know, if it was two points, I think at the moment, one point, and there's even then a lot of them are tied on goal difference, where the goal difference is like one. Like Kelly are ahead by one goal. Yeah, so I, I mean, so, you, like, this will change dramatically week to week. Um, you know, for the next up, up until the winter break, there's every, every round of matches. To you know, teams will jump up and down a few places. Up and down a few places. That's just the, the reality of it. So, because you look at it, yeah. So there's there's two points between Hearts and and six and St Mirren and third. Uh, Hearts have got a game in hand over Killy, Hibs, and St Mirren. But at the same time. Speaking with uh, very much the hearts, uh, my hearts fan hat on is like it's been a massive opportunity missed that hearts have lost as many games as they won this season and they've dropped eight points to from winning positions against Hibs, Rangers, and Aberdeen and dropped points early in the season in games which the, the team have started now started to win. And you're just thinking, just the nature of the league, hearts could have been way out in front in third place. Um, Rather than in this uh, kind of twister-like division where you're just getting bunted around here, there, and everywhere, and uh, one uh, a couple of good results and you're flying, and then a couple of bad results you're flying, so it's not really. Rather than having put ourselves in a position where, like, we've we can go on a, a bad run and still be healthy in third, now it's like right after a couple of defeats, you need to get back to winning ways. Yeah, no, I think that's probably right. And you know, like you said as well, with Celtic on Celtic next up at Parkhead, it's hard to see <laughs> Hearts getting that win there. I mean, you never know, obviously, but you know, a point a point's not beyond well, but you know, we know it's gonna be a very difficult game. It's the hardest venue to go to in Scotland. You know, they've not lost a home game there in Donkeys. It's gonna be very difficult. Um then also, you know, Hearts with a team that absolutely destroyed the um, Brendan Rogers Invincibles as well. You know, <laughs> so who knows? You know, these things do happen. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there will need to be a response. And okay, Celtics Park's maybe not the most realistic venue to get that response. But then you look ahead to the two games after that: St. Mirren at Ten Castle, then obviously the Derby. Two wins in those games, and all of a sudden it looks a, a, a bit, it looks a very different picture. You know, so again, like, these things it, it will, it can change on a dime. You know, it can it can change so quickly. I mean, at half time uh, on Saturday, you know. Um, Hearts were going to were on, were on track to be thirteen points clear of Aberdeen. You know now it's obviously it's cut down to seven. Fine, you know, but 
you know, if, if, if they got that result, it obviously it's huge. So, yeah, I mean, the, the league table, the nature of the league this, this season in particular is it's, there's not a lot between quite a few of the teams. And I think there is an opportunity there that still for definitely for if Hearts can string a few wins together and get a, find a bit of consistency and a bit of form, they can. The, the, I think the opportunity is there to kind of pull away and get, you know, get, get third and cement it. But as I say, I think over particularly up until the winter break anyway, the next three, four, five games, it's going to be yeah. The teams will be moving up and down dramatically week to week, game by game. But I think it, it's as long as Hearts. But I, I generally think there's no reason why Hearts can't be third by you know by the time December second or uh, sorry January second, whatever it is, when the winter break kicks in, rolls around. I think you look at the games; they've got games against teams around them in the league. Um, and there'll be games as well that they'll fancy themselves in, and then you know, there's definitely a chance of getting results. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, these things they, they do change quickly. It does happen a lot, but I do think that um, I, I don't think it's certainly panic stations yet. You know, um, they, they're, they're, they're two points off third. You know, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Okay, it could be, but yeah, it, but it also could be a hell of a lot better. Um, yeah. And I, I do think I think. Um, I agree with you that I think Hearts could easily be third, but I think the bigger, like bigger picture, is that the team need to start showing a bit more progress in terms of actual an identity on the pitch and becoming more of an attacking team. Because having got to how many games are in this season, Hearts have played sixteen, I think. Yeah, I think it is to have got to sixteen games into the season and having only scored fifteen goals, having not scored more than two goals in a game. Is pretty pretty bad. Pretty bad for a team that wants to be on the front foot and wants to be attacking. No, exactly. Especially when it's one that's got as well one of the best strikers in Scotland in it as yeah. well. You know, it's just you know, obviously Shankland's been having a good season, and you, you just wonder what an earthy team would look like without a minute. And you'd know, be absolutely that. That's a scary thought. And hopefully yeah, it's, it's not. It's not something that I'd, I'd, I'd be wanting to thinking about. So ho- hopefully we don't have to confront that reality anytime soon. Hopefully it stays that way. But yeah, I mean, you look at, the, you know, there are good attacking players in this squad. There are good creative players in this squad. And it's about just getting them to produce more consistently. You know, you look at, you know, guys like George Grant, Alex Lowry, Barry Mackay. You know, these are really excellent creative players. You know, um, obviously the Shankland, Boyce. You know, these are good goal scorers at Scottish Premiership level that have done it proven over over the years, and you just so that, you know the, the and then there's like obviously good players in defence as well. There's good goalkeepers at the club. There, it is a really strong squad. I think on paper it probably it probably is the third strongest squad in the league, and it's just about yeah at this stage you're right. I mean they've got that kind of solid found, uh, defensive foundation for the most part at the moment, and it's now about building on that. And I think that's what has to. I think that's what fans need to see I think they need to see just yeah some more exciting attacking play something to believe in because again if you're playing entertaining football or if you're playing attacking football and the team's having a goal and you can see what at least what they're trying to do if they've got that identity it become you know poor results or missed opportunities become easier to swallow at that point because I think you're right I think people look at this hearts team just now and it's hard to make out what the, the kind of distinct tactical identity of it is and I think that when, when you've got that it does become a lot easier to kind of rally around because you know what the team's trying to do and you know how they're trying to play whereas just now at the moment it just seems to be particularly going forward it just seems, it all seems a little bit disjointed 
Yeah, I'd agree. I think the source network mentioned its major issues with big players, big players coming back from and from long term injuries and others finding match fitness. But it's also again, it's like going back to Hearts have been in this position so many times. It's like, oh, just uh, one wait until everyone's fit. Just like in a perfect world, it's uh, that's in an ideal world. But um, yeah, you're never going to have everyone fit and ready for selection. That's the point of a squad. Like you know, there's always going to be a few out. That's the nature of the beast. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's it's 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 um it's football nirvana, which is in Hart's case is never uh, <laughs> is never reached when it comes to having a fully fit squad. James, we'll leave it there. We've um we we've we've talked enough about another. Hey, well, a, a disappointing uh, end to our game for Hearts, having been in a winning position. We will be back on Wednesday, I think, looking ahead to the AGM, and then again on Friday, looking ahead to. Celtic um, at Celtic Park on Saturday. It'll be fun times. Uh, until then, um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much for so continued support. Hearts Standard. You can find reaction on the the website. Uh, James has done an analysis piece which goes into more detail of what we uh, we spoke about on here with um, with, uh, with graphs and uh, illustrations and kind of screenshots as well. There's news on Benny Meningami and Craig Halkett's contract and um, all the kind of post-match stuff from Saturday. And this will also be available as a podcast. But thank you very much and goodbye.